1: I'm Courtney. I'm Matt. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Coming in hot.
1: Coming in hot. Welcome back to season seven.
0: Love season seven.
1: We're loving season seven. Yes. Hope you are too. Our favourite one so far.
0: They're all our favourite ones so far.
1: Yeah, they are. (laughs) So, Matt. Courtney. I would like to know if I can change up my exercise program because I'm very bored of doing the same thing every week.
0: How long have you been doing it for?
1: My current program? Yeah. Oh, long term. Like, I don't even remember.
0: Well, like a week? <laughs> Two weeks? No,
1: more than a week.
0: Okay, so why do you want to change it?
1: Because it's boring.
0: Really? Yeah. Well, it's funny. I was actually hoping today, I was going to ask you, um, what would you like to work out today? <laughs> Given that I'm the trainer and you're the client, um, what would you like to do today, Courtney? <laughs> you're the one paying the money. Yeah. Okay, the answer is no. I'm not going to change your program up because we're here to talk about the truth, the boring truth about actual successful training programs, which is going to run completely counter to what you've probably seen online and probably see online every fucking day. Yes. So I'm going to stop us, please. Not that you can. Stop us if a few of these things sound a little bit familiar. Well, I'm just bored and and I wouldn't mind mixing up my training program for the next couple of weeks. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Or, hey, follow my Instagram page for a great new workout you can do every single week.
1: Yeah. Or what about those ones with the... You know, it could be, oh, all these girls that I follow on Instagram, they change their programs every week. I should do that too.
0: Oh, that's right. If that person with 60,000 followers changes their workout, they must know what they're doing. Yes. You also get the ones where you'll, I've seen it before, Um, a PT is uh, putting up a status on Facebook or their stories or something. Okay, it's Sunday night. I'm now spending the next six hours writing up the week's programs for all my clients. Yeah.
1: Yeah, or or you touched on it before, Matt, and I actually did hear this this week in the gym. You
0: told me this. Please repeat. This is a tremendous story.
1: So I was heading into the gym, and usually when I first get into the gym, I go to the water fountain and fill up my drink bottle.
0: And your headphones aren't on then, are they? No. You can hear everything.
1: And then I was preparing to do a, a cardio session. And I was going to start on the stair machine.
0: Everyone's favorite.
1: Everyone's favorite. And there's a PT in the gym who I saw head over to her. She's always quite noticeable because she's quite loud. You know, she's just one of those very loud speaking, bubbly um, girls. And she went over to her client who was warming up, warming up, I guess, um, walking on the walking on the treadmill. Um, right next to where the stair machines were. And she went over to her, you know, normal pleasantries. Hi, hey you going? Let's get started. And she turned to her, her client and she said, so what are we working out today? <laughs> and it made me have a giggle. And then her client said, mm, I think legs. And then the PT <laughs> turned to her cli- client and said, oh, glutes, let's go. And I just thought that was – and then I even laughed even harder because I thought, isn't that so funny where her client said, I think legs, and then she went straight to glutes. She was like, now, fuck the whole leg. We're just going glutes.
0: Get the booty bands out. I'll tell you what, two two things come to mind with that example. One, this is why I have my headphones on before entering the fucking gym so I don't hear this trash. It was funny. It is funny. Secondly, though, all those things we just mentioned – Actually do happen and like red flags galore. Yeah. If you read or hear or see any of those things we just mentioned, like watch the hell out. Yes. Because the thing is, excuse me, the thing is there's a pretty big difference between what we think we need in a training program versus what actually works. Yeah. So – a lot of us are conditioned to think that, well, we need to have non-stop variety. There can't be boredom. There can't be repetition. It has to be exciting and fun every single time out. I got a, I got a reality check. That's not how it fucking works. Yeah. In the real world, the truth could not be more opposite, or more boring. Yeah. So what I've done is, because I'm a bit OCD with uh, record keeping, I've gone back well back in time and I've pulled up some old uh, training program information from Courtney and myself. Mm. So I'm going to read out the exercises that we did and the dates that we did them on. And then what Courtney and I are going to do is contrast them with some of the exercises we've done this week Yes, in 2022. Yeah? Fun. And this would be a good example, especially for you, Courtney, because you've gone through this whole experience from being a client yourself and doing this in the trenches to where you are now, like you've had a pretty good journey with this. Yeah. And I'll be keen to get your thoughts actually as we go through this on back in the day when you and I first met. Um, did you ever think to yourself like, we're doing the same shit?
1: Hmm.
0: Anyway, we'll get to that. Okay. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll just pull up, your your first ever workout program here. So this is from week of November first week of November two thousand and twelve. Two thousand and twelve, which is now approaching ten years ago. Don't wish to alarm you.
1: No, ten years since we first met.
0: Should we change our Facebook status, our relationship status? We should. Okay. So I'll read out the exercises I had Courtney do on her first um, her first ever program with me in 2012 on the subject of boring training programs. So push day, push day being, you know, chest and shoulders, flat barbell bench press, incline barbell bench press, standing cable crossover, barbell shoulder press, and dips. Which of those exercises have you done this week in 2022?
1: Flat bench press, incline bench press, standing shoulder press, dips. Yep. The only- do you do
0: flies now on your program? Do,
1: I do flies? No, I do push-ups.
0: Okay. So the one difference there is you don't do the cable crossover, you do the push-ups.
1: And, and I just split my, my push day, so I do a chest day and a shoulder and arm day. Yeah, things yeah. have
0: been advanced mm-hmm. since then. Um, your back day mm-hmm. from 2012, barbell deadlift, lat pull down, seated cable row, the Swiss ball single arm dumbbell row where you had your, your front arm on the Swiss ball shaking like a leaf and standing barbell bicep curls. Have you done those since then, or have we mixed it up so much you've only done it for one week and never again?
1: Literally the only one is the... The... Um, dumbbell row. The dumbbell row. So um, I just still start with de- my back day is deadlifts, but I do hex bar instead of straight bar. I do lat pull down. I do seated cable row. I do uh, bicep curls. Of
0: course you do bicep curls, bro. Yeah. We all do. Uh, okay leg day yes <laughs> from the 6th of November 2012 your leg day was barbell squats barbell split squats barbell stiff-legged deadlift a standing calf press with the with the calf machine and um, it looks like you've done you did hear a couple of sets of sit-ups as a bit of core work mm-hmm. please contrast that to 10 years later <laughs>
1: So my core work, I still do just on a different day. Um, this current program, I actually don't do squats. I do leg press instead, mm-hmm. um, but I, I have been doing squats. Um, same thing, I do a single leg press instead of split squats. Yep. And I still do hamstrings and I still do calves, yes.
0: Yes. Um, in that time though, in the 10 years that have elapsed, um, and you've obviously trained consistently that 10 years, have you done squats in that 10 years preceding? I've done squats tonight. this year. Okay.
1: <laughs> so it's just not in my current program. It was in my last program. Probably for the last six months I did squats and split squats and okay. then I switched it. Yep. Just got to give my back and my hips a break every Absol- so often yeah, from absolutely.
0: the Absolutely. So not a whole lot of difference, but in that in that period of time, why well, didn't you get bored? No. Why?
1: Well, I think for me, it's not like you never change. It's just that you don't change every week. Mm. And also, there was always something else to get better at. There was always another thing to aim for. So you're aiming to get better at the movement or you're aiming to get a better um, weight in the movement, that sort of thing. Um, But, I mean, actually, take that back. I wouldn't say ever that I was like, never felt boredom or like I'd like to do something different. Mm. Um, I, I think that that definitely, I think I'd be silly if I was trying to say that never went through my head because it would have at some point. But I think because I always had something to aim for, you didn't think about it all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well.
1: Let's hear yours.
0: Okay. I'll just one moment. All right. This was um from literally just after uh, I became a PT. So this is my workout card uh, from the 19th of December, 2010. Yes. Uh, I became a PT in September, 2010. So it was during my PT course, I was alerted to the importance of, hey, dude, you should record what you're doing. So I started recording what I was doing. So my... On this day was also a push day. Yes. Uh, my first exercise was dumbbell bench press, then a dumbbell incline bench press, then a dumbbell shoulder press. A lot of dumbbells. A lot of dumbbells. Uh, then dips, mm-hmm. and then for some core work, I did some sit ups holding a five kilo medicine ball over my head. Yes. All right. Now let's con- so this is 2010. Like now, a- approaching 12 years ago um this week in the gym I've done a barbell bench press I've done a barbell incline bench press I've done a barbell shoulder press I did dips today yes. and the shoulder press today as we're recording this um and I also did sit-ups today as we're recording this 12 years later so what what has changed in those 12 years have I only done those those exercises no I haven't I've done those exercises and variations thereof, but what has changed is, and it's the same thing with Courtney, we have gotten way, 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 way stronger. Yes. And far better at the execution of the movement. Yes. So it's the same thing um, back then for my for my back day, I was doing things like a barbell deadlift, a lap pull down, a cable row, a dumbbell row. I still do these things now, except instead of a, uh, a traditional barbell deadlift on my current program because I spent all of last year doing the barbell deadlift. I've uh, changed it to go to the barbell one-legged deadlift. Not recommended. That exercise sucks. But it was it was time to, literally it was time to do some variations in there and get some of the load out of my body. You know, because when you go from a, a, a standard deadlift to a one-legged deadlift, you can't do the same weight. But Jesus, it is so effing hard. Point is, these exercises haven't changed that much. No, but the person doing them has. Mm. So the execution uh, quality and the strength have changed quite a bit. So I want to I want to just be clear with this as well. What Courtney and I are talking about, we're predominantly talking about strength training yes. when it comes to effective strength training programs. Because when it comes to to cardio, um, mixing it up and variety in cardio is actually recommended. Mm. And Something we recommend to all our clients, like, hey, literally mix it up as often as you can, because with cardio it creates what we call inefficiency. With cardio, the worse you are at what you're doing, the more energy you're going to burn, and the, the greater a me- metabolic spike you're going to get. Mm. Where the thing is with with cardio, if you keep doing the same thing and the exact same thing um, in repetition, you're going to get fitter at the at that whatever that activity may be mm. so if all you do is do the same exact type of run every single time out you're yeah. going to do it faster you're going to be not quite as you know tired, tired mm-hmm. and wrecked by the end which you might think oh this is good i'm getting fitter but it's actually running counter to fat loss so we did an episode a number of years ago called what's the best way to do cardio so i would recommend just dipping into that episode to get a bit more get a bit more in depth yeah than that point i'm making is we're predominantly talking about strength, strength training, training here cuz yeah so yes. as i said mixing it up with cardio like great idea go right ahead yes okay cool
1: encouraged
0: strongly encouraged however mixing it up when it comes to strength training and weight training is an awful idea
1: yeah i think the main point as well is the frequency of the mixing it up so when we're talking about the the mixing it up in terms of cardio not only is it great idea it's great idea to do it like often Absolutely. Whereas the mixing it up with weight training and strength training is not ideal at all to do it often. No. Well,
0: well but the thing is weight training and strength training, the goal is to get stronger. Yes. And if someone is mixing it up or if your trainer is like, oh, what should we do today? you got no chance of actually getting stronger. No. Because the thing is, this is probably something a bit for a bit more in depth than in another episode we might do perhaps, but getting stronger physically, getting stronger, is the catalyst to dramatic, successful weight loss and body composition improvements and health improvements. Yes. The thing is, um, little little bit of um, a secret here. So Courtney and I, like, yeah, you know, we've got this thing here called the Weight Loss Podcast. We are weight loss specialists, but under the surface, with with Courtney and myself and all our clients, we're all about training is to get stronger. Yes. Because that is the key to the to the big time changes that people are actually looking for is to get them stronger. Mm. So that's the purpose of strength training. And the thing is with with mixing mixing up a strength training program, how can you actually get stronger over a long-term period of time? You can't. Because every time you mix it up, you're kind of resetting everything. Mm. You're going back to square one. Mm. Which defeats the purpose. And that's why we we've, we've used these examples, Courtney, of like, you know, what you did 10 years ago to what you do now, versus what I did in my workout 12 years ago to what I do now. And there's not a not a massive amount of difference. There's been a lot of variation in between. But that variation has been infrequent. Yeah. Because of the time spent. And you've noticed this, you would have noticed this yourself, Courtney, when you and I first met. You were doing the same exercises for months and months and months and months. Yeah. But you were getting stronger at them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Your flexibility was improving. Your range of motion was improving. Your posture was improving. These things can't improve if you mix it up no. every week, every couple of weeks. or you know, what are we doing today? That's, this just can't happen.
1: Well, I think it's like getting good at any new skill. So to me, lifting weights is not only benefiting you, you know, obviously your health and everything like that. I mean, in my eyes, it's it's learning. It was back then especially, it was learning a new skill.
0: I'll tell you what, that is a great a great way to put it because I do think effective weight training, safe weight training uh, is absolutely a skill. Yeah. And like all skills, it is learned through what?
1: Repetition. Yep. And that's the way I sort of look at it, especially now looking back on it where – you know, you wouldn't teach if you were trying to teach somebody any new skill. You know, cooking—I don't know anything. Tennis. You—you're know, trying to teach somebody a new skill of playing tennis. Mm. You're not going to not practice tennis every week. <laughs> like if you want to teach someone how to cook, you're not going to teach someone how to cook by not cooking. Um, well said. And to me, that's the way I look back on it now, and I always think about it. Where you know you, you've got to you've it's just learning a new skill. And like any skill, there are going to be times where you're going to get bored and over it and frustrated and, mm. you know, any – like all the feels.
0: That's kind of how it works, isn't it?
1: But you always the, – the idea is to always see progress. And if you're seeing progress, it means you're getting better. And if you're getting better at weight training – And strength training, then it means that your body composition is going to be improving.
0: Okay, so with the weight training you've done since we first met, in what ways have you progressed at the skill of weight training?
1: Well, my range of movement in general across my body. So when I first started weight training, I I was doing like body weight squats. I couldn't even stand the bar on my back.
0: I didn't start you on the bar, no. It was body weight and the split squats too. Body
1: weight and I couldn't even get down very far. So my range of movement through my hips and my and my um, hammies. hamstrings was just n- like not ankles good at all ankle yeah um, that sort of thing I think yes yeah, split squats were a big problem for me um, I feel like I picked up coordination fairly quickly. Um, I played, I played a lot of sport growing up, so I feel like the coordination I could pick up relatively quickly and I could understand what you wanted me to do. Mm. <laughs> but it was just getting my body to actually do it and learning the feel mm. of what that felt like. But definitely building up from there. I remember bench press, um, building up from that. Um, in what way? Just in terms of weight, the weight that I could getting, push. Getting
0: stronger. Getting stronger,
1: yep. 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 I think for most things that I did, if I look at my progression, it was in definitely in the weight. I started off as an absolute beginner. I'd never done weightlifting before ever. Mm, mm. So it was learning like I had to even learn what a lot of the exercises were even called. <laughs> yeah. Like I knew what that you were doing, but I didn't know it had a name. Yeah. I'm still learning what exercises are called, actually. Um and you know um so it's not only that it was the correct posture it was the correct technique also just learning to understand what muscles i have and how they move and how they're supposed to feel yeah i was i was not in tune with my body at all mhm so that having trying to build that mind to muscle connection muscle
0: connection yeah
1: um that was a big challenge for me, and it took me a long time. I mean, it's still, I'm still practic- like getting used to that, and there's certain movements that I feel like I still have to improve on in terms of that. Um, and then obviously, just the obvious one, which is improving in terms of lifting more weight. Yep, yeah.
0: Another area that, um, you may, you may, a lot of people will undersell this that you've improved in with the skill of. of- weightlifting is knowing when to inhale and when to exhale
1: breathing because yeah. there's a
0: real there's a real art to knowing when to when to inhale exhale because it can literally improve or decrease performance on certain exercises because it's not all the same is it no so you you learn that that was a big improvement
1: you're right the other non obvious one that you learn is how to spot someone ooh, ooh. so even even like me when I used to just work out with you, Matt, mm. and I was the client and you were my trainer, you still taught me how to spot. Of course. So even though I wasn't spotting anyone because you weren't working out, it was just me at the time, mm. you still explained to me where you were going to stand and why you were going to stand there.
0: And how did that help?
1: I think it just helped because it helped me understand what you were doing and why. So the expectation was set. Yep. It helped me from a client point of view, Understand that I was safe as a client in lifting weights because obviously in the early days it was still very scary. Oh, am I going to drop this
0: on my head? Yeah, yeah absolutely.
1: Um, and then I think, got, like, it obviously also helped now that I feel comfortable working out alone. Um, I feel comfortable if I was to work out with somebody else spotting them, and then also explaining that to them how to spot me.
0: Yeah, see, I love that. That, yeah, that just um, really appeals to me personally with what you know the way I like to work is empower people Mm. that's that's from day one it's like you know if i teach you how to spot well that means you're less reliant on me for starters which is a win yeah so that's long-term skills you're developing um also i think another way it would help you um maybe sort of like another invisible improvement is that you can critique yourself yeah now as well
1: oh yeah yeah
0: like you don't need me to tell you where to improve in a movement no you know yourself because not just because you've been taught though, because you've practiced the hell
1: out That of this. That, and I think sometimes you used to just record what I was doing so you could show me. Yep. And that was also really helpful.
0: Oh, getting, I'm glad you brought that up. We, we probably missed it, not putting in the notes here, but the, the improvements that come from being willing to record what you're doing in the gym, get yourself on video performing certain movements is... Like, it's monumental how much you can improve. Yes. And it's actually uh, a, a real big thing that we do with our own clients now because, like, Courtney and I, we haven't trained clients face-to-face for years. Like, we stopped doing that years ago. We're purely online and remote. So, we, you know, we've, we've got clients literally in all corners of the globe and we're still teaching them how to become their own PTs because, if you, you know, if, if a client of ours, and we tell them this, like, if you are willing to get a bit uncomfortable – and are willing to record what you're doing in the gym, you are going to improve in leaps and bounds because you're going to learn how to see what we see. Mm-hmm. And if you learn how to see what we see, you then don't become reliant on having someone there to spot you or to to watch you or a trainer there with you every single time because that's not really sustainable. Mm. So that's another sort of improvement yeah. that you know you can make as well. So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, as I said before, mixing it up with, with the weights – prevents you from getting stronger and it defeats the purpose of strength training to begin with. And the thing is as well, one of the big key fundamental errors that people, that creeps up when we sort of mix it up with our weights is you start running out of things to do. Because mm. the thing is when it comes to exercise or, or weight exercises, they're not all created equal. Sorry, some are just better than others. What do I mean by better than others? Well, they require more muscle activation through greater parts of your body. They require more um, neurological coordination, your nervous system adapting to to complex movements. So I'll give an example of um, a relatively easy movement versus a relatively complex movement. Let's talk about, say, barbell bicep curl versus a barbell deadlift. So a barbell bicep curl, the only thing that should be moving is your elbow in terms of joints because this is you know, flexion extension through there. And voila, I'm, you know. I'm
1: bicep curling. I'm curling, curl me, mate. Check yeah. me out.
0: Barbell deadlift, you're using ankles, knees, hips, your core, back. Your back um all, thr- all through your back, because you've also got to have um, that retraction through yep. your shoulder blades to keep your posture nice. Um, the muscle activation on a deadlift is just out of control.
1: Well, it's literally everything. Literally everything. everything.
0: Everything except your chest, basically.
1: Yeah. Well, even your shoulders, you yep. know, you're still holding that posture. Re- you've, got to, you've
0: got to retract them and hold them back. You've
1: still got to, as well, you're still lifting weight in front of you.
0: Mm-hmm. Point so. is, not all exercises are created equal. Some are simply just more effective than others at promoting strength improvements, coordination improvements, and long-term, what we're, you know, why are we doing this? Body composition improvements. Mm. And that's one of the risks with mixing it up is it will – you start running out of exercises because if you go like, oh, I'm sick of the deadlifts, I'm sick of the bench press, I'm sick of the shoulder press, like what are you down to? Like calf raises and wrist curls, like we're we're running out of booty bands, we're running out of options here. Yeah. So when we talk about you know, not all exercise being crowded equal, things like the deadlifts, the squats, the leg press, the bench press, the lat pull down, shoulder press, dips, These exercises that require you to use multiple joints in your body simply are going to work you harder, which means we don't really want to get away from them too much. more we want to stick with them and have them sort of featured as part of a successful training program. Yes. So I've been doing, for example, me, I've been doing deadlifts now for decades, Mm. but not all the same. The variation or the mixing it up, has come in. Well, I may uh, this this six month period, or nine month period, or twelve month period. In some cases, I may just go with the barbell, mm-hmm. or I may change it, and spend three to six months with the hex bar. Or I might go back to the barbell and do a sumo style deadlift, mm-hmm. or um, a sumo style deadlift where you also have the um, the weights elevated on the floor. Or, as I currently am doing, as I said earlier, I'm now doing the variation of a one-legged deadlift, Mm -hmm. which is a nightmare exercise. Let's just repeat that. It is hard as fuck. Yes, it is. So the thing is, not all exercises are equal. So we have what we call our pinnacle exercises, our big compound multi-joint exercises that we want to be featuring pretty much in a person's program in perpetuity. But... There's variations, and this is this is where we can sort of, I use the phrase mix things up, but change things for people over time, or in some cases evolve. Is that all these different exercises have different variations? Yeah. So we have, let's say, as I said before, with a deadlift, a standard barbell deadlift, great. Well, I'm now doing a variation, being a a barbell one-legged deadlift. Another variation could be, you know, you might spend say three months or six months getting stronger. At the standard forty-five degree two legged leg press. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's give you a bit of a new a bit of a new test and you know, test you out. Let's go to a forty-five degree single leg press. So only one leg's moving at a time. Mm-hmm. Same with a bench press, Courtney. You might go from like a, a dumbbell bench press to a one armed dumbbell bench press, which means only one arm's moving at a time. Yeah. Rather than both.
1: Or even just generally going from barbell to dumbbells. You know, so
0: barbells to dumbbells or back or, or even kettlebells.
1: It changes because you haven't got the same stability. It changes the way, you, you know, your body and your mind have to sort of work hard yep. to, for the movement. It can so. also
0: change when the tension's on the muscle. So a good example that you remember, Courtney, is say a, a barbell or bicep curl to then going to doing bicep curls with the cables. Yes. The cables, there is tension all the way yes. through because it's pulling gravity – of the cables pulling your arm down. Yes. Where with, as you know, with the barbell bicep curl, there's certain points where you can kind of cheat and your muscles yes. kind of switch off. Yep. Where the variation of the cables, like there's no cheating, mate, it's, no. It, you feel it from, from top to bottom and bottom to top. So the variation can come in what we call unilateral exercises. So rather than using both legs or both arms, you might use one leg or one arm at a time. Mm. Way harder from a coordination perspective, yep. but that's, that's an evolution for some people, um, the variation could come in, as Courtney said, barbells versus dumbbells versus kettlebells versus cables. I've trained using metal chains in the past, mm. you know, or for some people, uh, things like resistance bands. Mm. Another tremendous sort of variation. Another variation could be, You're
1: right.
0: say, with um, the bench press. Mm. When we do a bench press, the bench doesn't need to be flat for the rest of your life. No. If you take a flat bench press and change the bench by even a 10-degree angle up or down, you've got a completely new exercise. Yes. Because the movement pattern changes, the recruitment pattern changes, and the coordination requirements change. So I'll often for, for myself and say with Courtney and our clients as well, um, when, when it's appropriate and when we feel that it logically makes sense, we might go, you know, righto. Let's get you going from a flat barbell bench press to an inclined dumbbell bench press. It's still a bench press, but, gee, it's different to what you're used to. Yeah. And so it's a new test for someone. But if you make that change, you might stick with that for six months to yeah. practice the shit out of it. Because when you go to a new exercise, the first, like, two to three months is just like, how do I get this movement down, Pat? Then once you've got the movement down, Pat, well, let's now get stronger at the movement.
1: Yeah. I think that's the difference between mixing it up and looking at variations. Um, The difference is often when people want to mix things up, it's a workout to workout, week to week.
0: Absolutely. Thing. Whereas
1: when we're talking about variations, we're talking about programming them in. Deliberately planning ahead and saying for the next X amount of time, this is now my program. And Mm. it's not going to change for X amount of time. Um, so I think that that's the difference between looking at variations and looking at willy-nilly winging it. Yeah. I think the other thing that you pointed out Matt just to clarify which is I think when we talk about willy-nilly winging it mm. it often involves small movements. So you might you know people might have a couple of big complex movements in there but then they often want to play around with little movements or as well, you, you often see people, they fall into the trap of doing a variation of the same movement. So, you know, they might just do five different movements that all work the glutes and that's their leg day. Mm. But they've forgotten about <laughs> there's a whole lot of other muscles in the legs. Mm. Um, so that's the other part of winging it where you're not planning ahead and you're not stopping to think about am I utilising all the muscle groups that I want to. Yeah. Whereas when you talk about variations and actually planning ahead, you're 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 planning it deliberately. So you're active like you're you're deliberately working out what you want to do on each day and making sure that all your muscle groups are targeted. I think
0: I think the key word you're looking for, Courtney, is structured. Yes. The variations and the here's a key word, the progressions. Yes. Are structured. And this is the thing when it comes to we The thing is, like we're sitting here saying oh, we've done the same exercises for this long. We actually have had plenty of variation in what we do. The variation and the variety in a person's strength training doesn't always have to come from a different movement. It can actually come from manipulating the rep ranges. Yes. So I, for example, I'll do the same exercises minimum for three months. Minimum. Yes. Usually longer but as a bare ass minimum, I'm doing the same movements for at least 12 weeks at least, yep. right? But the variation within those 12-week blocks comes from, because what we do is all about, the, the, the word we're looking for here is progressive, a progressive program. So a progressive program should be one that is building you up. Yes. So in most cases when it comes to, to weight training, it's building you up by gradually asking you to pick up the intensity of what you're doing. Now, the, the best intensity with weight training can come in different ways. For some people, it can come in, well, oh, I'm just going to do more reps. We don't do that because it's actually a slower path to the outcome. The real pickup in intensity should come from you should look to gradually lift heavier weights. Mm-hmm. So what we do is we program in manipulations of the rep ranges. So as yes. as our programs start, and this has been the same way for us, Courtney, since like you and I first met and since before you and I first met. Like this is this is one thing that hasn't changed. Yes. If you recall, you've been having manipulations in rep ranges since f- from day one. Yes. Up to today yes. in the gym together. So a person's um, program might start at a certain rep range of, of higher reps. Like it might be 8 reps, 10 reps, 12 reps, 14 reps. Sucks to be with 14 reps. That's yeah. not
1: fun. I've only ever gone up to t- 12 Yep. highest I've personally ever started. But
0: the thing is so the highest you started is 12 reps. Do you finish the 12 weeks at 12 reps? No. okay, so what has changed?
1: So the rep range goes down. So not every week. we have to spread it out obviously over 12 weeks, um, which is how we would what we would constitute one program. Yes, over 12 weeks. Um,
0: it's a, that's, a, that's a pretty safe bet for a training block for most yeah. people. That give or take a few weeks for some people.
1: How many weeks you spend on each rep range, I mean, that can vary. So I've, I've
0: done two weeks, three weeks, four, four weeks. weeks. Yeah. I think when
1: I first started, just to give an example, when I first started, I was I- I- every four weeks. Mm-hmm. So I had three changes throughout my, you know, program one, program two throughout the year. Um, so I started, I think back then I was starting 10 for the first month. Yes, you did. Then I went down to eight and then I finished for the last month at six reps. Okay,
0: so what did that allow for?
1: So basically the idea is that each week I would try still to go up in weight. Absolutely. So if you, know, you hit your markers that we've spoken about before, you hit your form markers and you hit your rep range, then ideally we want to try to go up in weight the week after. Now, that might be literally as small in, of an increase as half a kilo.
0: Or half a kilo or one pound.
1: Like literally could be a tiny increase if you need it to be, but it's something. You're still increasing that load. It's
0: still progress, isn't it? Still progress. Mm.
1: Now, usually though, when you're staying on the same rep range, it is hard sometimes to make progress. Oh, you're going to
0: hit a wall. Especially Absolutely. on some
1: of those smaller compound movements. You know, I'm not going to make as big, bigger gains. As I would say on deadlifts, on bicep curls. Um, so it depends on the movement, but yeah, you 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 are going to hit a wall when you're constantly at the same working range. What's well, say you Hit a
0: plateau. That's yeah. if, if you yeah. That's if you stay at the same rep range for the entire program. And I've heard this. I've had this conversation with a lot of friends. Uh, and people in the past is like, oh, I just can't seem to get stronger. And you look at their training programs, like you're doing the same reps for six months. Like, yeah. of course you're not going to get stronger. You will hit the wall because yeah. I would I would hit the wall too.
1: I think it also then opens up um, potential for injury because you're going to try to push harder and your form might might then slip. slip. Yep. So what, what the drop in rep range means is that it's a forced increase mm. because you're not going to then – do the same weight at eight reps as you did for 10 reps because you're going to smash it.
0: Not if you're being honest.
1: Yeah. Mm. So uh, it is an absolute forced increase and you can usually go up a bit higher. Now, how much you go up for that first week that you're dropping reps, it might be a bit of trial and error. Uh,
0: it, uh, not a bit of trial and error. It's guaranteed to be trial and error because it'll be different based on the person yeah. with, their, with their conditioning, their experience or their training age. It'll also, as you know, Courtney, it'll it'll far depending on the exercise.
1: Yes, absolutely. So that's where those compound movements, so just that example alone of deadlift versus bicep curl. Well,
0: yeah. Any, so, any exercise that uses more of your muscles yeah. will probably get a bigger increase.
1: Yeah. So you, you're going to sort of have a bit of a play around, but then obviously you've got a baseline for the next week and then the next week. So... Right now, I think I've got, I've changed my current program. So I, I change it up every three weeks. So I've got three in, four increases. So I'm 12, 10, 8, eight 6. six. Yeah. Um, we've always worked in twos. Is that deliberate? I don't know if I've ever asked you, Matt. What do you mean in twos? So 12, 10, 8, 6. So we're not going, we're even numbers and we're going, dropping by two reps.
0: We have, that's correct. Yes. Um, do you know why?
1: No, I was about to say, I don't think I've ever asked you why.
0: Uh, okay, time to, time to teach my wife something new. Yeah. Um, it's th- th- because when you have a, a smaller reduction in reps like that, it allows for a more gentle increase in weights. Like yes. if you you think, think of it this way, this week you're going from 12 reps to 6 reps.
1: Oh, too much. But what I mean <laughs> is we it's not one. So you're not going from 12 to 11.
0: Well, the thing is, twelve to eleven may not be may it's not big enough. But it may not be a um, an appreciable difference. Yeah. Yep. Um, two two reps. It it feels and works like a a nice change where you're guaranteed to go up in weight. Yep. Uh, an appreciable difference in in many many exercises, um, but it's also a good drop in volume.
1: Yes. Because yep. the thing
0: is, with training, you've got you're going to have either volume or you're going to have intensity. Yes. You might think you can have both, you You won't for long. You're only human. We're all organic. There's only so much juice in the orange. Yes. So the thing is, with the manipulation of the rep ranges, as the reps gradually go down, the weight can gradually go up. That's actually how we can say to our clients, and we can say with our own experience, Courtney, there's no strength plateaus when you train the way we train and the way we teach. Because sooner or later, that weight's going up. Yeah. The longest week, like the longest I can be stuck lifting the same weight is four weeks. Yeah. The longest you could be stuck could be three weeks because of the way you're – like I'm just 10, 8, 6 at the moment. Um, yep. But the thing is I know if I'm struggling on an exercise, which does happen. Like we've all got our, our strengths and weaknesses with different exercises. If I'm, if I'm say, stuck on the same weight for four weeks, I at least know the next week there's after that, this, this shit's going up.
1: Yeah, there's a change coming. And the
0: thing is as well, just that – that being where the variety is could trigger a big strength gain after that. Like I've had it before where I've been stuck, for example, on the same weight of a given exercise for 10 reps for a month. But then once the reps dropped down to eight and the weight went up, it then went up for the next two months.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, because just just that little in, that little increase and asking your body to lift a little bit more can trigger some pretty good improvements from there. But point I'm making is at the very least we can say with – This type of strength training, you're not going to hit a plateau. Yeah. There's always an improvement coming, which is a good feeling, by the way, because you know then, well, regardless of how this goes, I'm going to be progressing. Yes. And that I'll tell you what, not many people, I think, can go into the gym and say, I know I'm going to be making progress with my structure. Yes. Because most people don't fucking have structure. No. It's just, what are we doing today? What are we doing this week? Oh, I feel like this. I feel like that. Like, no, we've got a plan. Yeah. And this plan is set in stone for at least three months. And this is how it's going to be executed. This is how it's going to be progressed. This is where the variation will come. Mm -hmm. So the, the key word that I'm sort of blithering on about here is that the program needs to be progressive. Yes. If a program is progressive as a strength training program, is probably going to be very effective over the long term yeah. for someone.
1: And that's where, especially in my experience, you take the boredom out of it. So I often also think that for a lot of people, they say, oh, my program's boring. I would ask them if they've got a progressive structured program because potentially, like the example you gave before, Matt, where you've got friends that say, oh, I'm not getting any stronger because they're literally doing... Same exercises, the same rep ranges.
0: The same weights.
1: The same weights for far too long. Months. Yeah. Months
0: and months and months. I'm a little bit different to you, Courtney, where if someone says, you know, I'm getting a bit bored with my program, my first response would be, good, it's probably a great program. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably well written then. Yeah. Because, yeah, the the variation, as I said, comes in, in progressing in what you're doing. Yes. People get caught up in, oh, I want something new. I want something fresh. Like, nah, mate, that's not how you get good at this shit. No. You're doing, you're doing the same stuff. But as Courtney said earlier, you're improving your posture, your range of motion, your flexibility. Yeah. Or you're just literally getting stronger. That's the, that's what you want to get addicted to is those types of improvements with this. So, yeah, as we said, there are variations and there should be variations in a in a successful training program, but we don't introduce variations willy-nilly. Yeah. They have to be built up to. Yes. For most people. Um, but also, this is the key thing with a, a really effective, successful program, is that time needs to be spent on various movements just getting better at the movement. Yes. Like no one not many people are going to walk in day one and absolutely nail a barbell squat. In fact, most people are probably going to be terrible at it because I was, you were, everyone tends to be. Yes. How do you get better at a barbell squat? Well, you practice the hell out of it. You're not going to get better at the movement by going, oh, well, I've done a squat this week and next week I'll go and do something else. Like that's not – how? Yeah. How? Yeah. You can't improve at that. No, build the skill. You've got to build the skill. At the movement, and this is a key I want to share with you listening. One of my maybe my golden rule
1: mm.
0: when it comes to strength training, and it is this how you move a weight is equally as important as how much you are moving. Mm. A big mistake, a lot, a big trap I see, even a lot of our clients fall into is the first thing they get hooked on is, oh, the numbers are going up. Like, yes, that's a good thing, but but I want to see how you move the numbers. Yeah. Like if someone comes to me and says, Oh, Matt, I can I can leg press five hundred kilos, great. Show me how it looks. Yeah. Because I can leg press five hundred kilos and that's getting my knees to my face. Well, I might see someone else do a leg press of five hundred kilos and it's moving like three inches. Yeah. Like, mate, you're not leg pressing five hundred kilos. Well your
1: lap pull down looks like a cable row. <laughs>
0: Oh my God, don't even get me started. Uh, But yes, just remember that how you move a weight is just as important as how much you are moving. And this is always the first progression you look for in someone's strength training program is how well and how much are they improving at executing the movement. Because I, I personally, with how much experience I've got now, I am far more impressed by someone who moves any weight, regardless of how light or heavy it may be, if they're doing it with quality like, cool, we can progress this. Mm. If they're moving a big weight and they're bragging and it just looks like shit, like that's not impressive. <laughs> you have overextended yourself. That it's, doesn't impress me in the slightest.
1: It's not really impressive because I'm sitting there waiting for something to pop.
0: There is also that. Is like, it more scary? Can I can I quote a good friend of ours, Shania Twain? That don't impress me much.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: But if I see someone doing, you know, what someone else may think it's a lightweight, but the movement form is impeccable. Like I've tipped my cap to that. Yeah. In fact, I even did that a few months ago, Courtney. I saw um I saw a young woman in the gym uh, training by herself doing squats. And it's like, I'm just looking and it's just like, holy shit, you will never see squats better than this in the gym. And I had to actually take my headphones off. And you know how antisocial I am. Yes. In the gym. Like don't fucking talk to me. Yes. I had to take my headphones off and say, look, I'm just going to tell you Those are the best squats I've ever seen someone do in this gym, including the trainers, trying to teach it to their clients. Well done. And I put my headphones back on and just got back to work. Yes. When I see it, she wasn't doing a massive weight, but what she was moving was five-star quality. Mm. So at least you then know you're getting the most out of the movement that you're doing. Yes. So anyway, movement form, just as important as weight you're moving. But that's also the first progression. The first progression should be the quality of the movement, not the number that you're moving. Yes. Right. Ultimately, before we move into tips here, Courtney, I want to sort of end this by making a real blunt point. The boring truth about successful training programs, honestly, is that it's usually the same shit in a different shirt.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, am I right? Yes.
0: Like – I do, I'm doing the same shit I did last week. I'm just wearing, like, Courtney might be wearing different leggings. Mm-hmm. I might be wearing a different singlet. I might have long pants on versus shorts. What socks am I wearing today? Yep. That, that's actually how this works. Yeah.
1: Pick your clothing, not your exercises.
0: Well said. Yeah. Well said. So we, we've gone on a bit about sort of... We've Everything. Built, we've, geez, <laughs> we've, 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 done, we've done good here. Let's actually give some practical tips. Could I please yes. start by yes. giving the first tip when it yes. comes to successful training programs? If your PT asks you what would you like to work out today, get a new PT. That's tip number one. Yes. Okay.
1: Yes. I think we also have to touch on what we, you know, we've mentioned a couple of times, which is think about your programming in terms of structure and progression, not winging it. What do I feel like?
0: Also, you can even simplify that, Courtney, and just say mixing it up, cardio, good. Mixing it up weights bad.
1: bad. Good. Yes.
0: Another tip I want to give is record.
1: Mm.
0: Write your numbers down. So before I gave an example of, of Courtney's first week of training with me from 2012, I gave an example of one of my workouts from 2010. Every single one since then has been recorded from both of us. Yes. Every single one. So if someone were to say to me, oh, you know, like, Matt, what did you do for bench press in September 2015? I can go pull those numbers up. Yeah. And tell you where I'm at. What what the date was, how many reps I did, what the weight was, what rep range I was in. I could tell you if I was using a barbell, dumbbells, chains.
1: I think as well, yeah, it's essential during your program because you can't get better at an exercise if you've forgotten what you did last week.
0: I'll tell you what, that is a million-dollar point.
1: So – Even beyond, if you don't want to keep your workout programs for 10 years, then that's fine. But even beyond that. You should, though. You should. But even if you don't, you cannot progress. We're talking about structured progressive workouts. You can't progress unless you remember what you did last week. And I guarantee you, I promise you, you can have the best memory. You won't remember what you did last week. I can
0: give a great example of this. Um, I've done this for a living for a long time. If you asked me what weights I did last week, I couldn't tell you.
1: I couldn't even tell you what we did this morning, (laughs) really, now.
0: Um, I'll tell you what, I would actually, I can remember my shoulder press because my first exercise. Yeah. And I remember my dips because that was body weight. Um, But everything else, I need to go and review my numbers. I can probably tell
1: you roughly, but I'd have to actually look it up to really remember it. And
0: that's only like, you know, eight hours later. The thing is, you aren't going to remember what you did last week. In no. in high detail. Sorry, it's not how it works. I do this for a living and I don't fucking remember. No. It's just not how it works. This is why a little little rule I've got with this the more you record, the less you need to remember.
1: Yeah. And everything. Everything down yeah. to if it's a particular machine that you want to remember to use each time. Or the settings on the machine. The settings on the machine. How far back that you put the, the seat or oh, the leg
0: press, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Things like that. How high is the bench press, the, the you know where the barbell is being held.
1: Yeah. I think as well, this is just to underscore the point of you know my story from earlier of the trainer saying, what do you want to work out? Oh, let's just do glutes. Um, the, 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 also, the problem with that, beyond the obvious problem with that, is if she's potentially not done glutes last week with her client, she has no baseline information. And potentially she's not doing glutes in the next workout either or next week. She is going to change it up, whatever the client wants to work out at the time. So, And I've watched a lot of PTs in my gym, so it's not just this particular one. They don't write anything down. So they don't carry around a clipboard or an iPad to actually record what the client (laughs) is lifting on what machine. So by the time that client comes in next week – if she was hap- like, did happen to say to that PT again, oh, let's do legs again, potentially they're doing completely different exercises or they're going to do the same exercises and she, don- she won't remember what weight she did.
0: Well, the thing is, it's especially egregious when PTs don't record for their clients because the thing is, like, we've been PTs. Yeah. You can see, as a PT, you could see upwards of 50 different people a week. Do you think you're going to remember their numbers?
1: Absolutely not. I can't remember my own numbers. No. So you can't ha- then have a progressive program no. if, if you don't remember what you did last week. And that's
0: the key thing as well with, with recording your numbers is you can then walk in next week and go, cool, last week I did X, Y, Z on these exercises. Cool. I put in, like this. Is I actually do this. I'll put a note in there, increase next week. Keep the same next
1: week. Yeah, or don't increase yeah, next don't, week.
0: Increase next week, don't increase next yeah. week. So I walk in knowing, okay, I did that last week, and for my first set, I've got to keep it the same and then assess for the second set Yeah, after that. yeah. Where's the guesswork there? Yeah,
1: you, There is yeah, none. none. It's a
0: plan. It's and This is the thing. Not many people can say this. You're walking in the door of the gym. I know what I'm doing. I know what I did last week. I know what I'm going for this week. Let's go. Let's get to work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think the next thing... We're, I just want to bring up an underscore, Matt, was I think you touched on it earlier, but I know there's going to be, um, you know, people listening to this saying, well, when do I change it then? Ah. So you you did touch on it earlier, but maybe if you could just give a recap of, well, when do I change my program and when do I change my rep range?
0: Well, rep ranges can change, I mean, anywhere from like every three to four weeks. Um, but I've they're been,
1: scheduled in at the start of your program, so you know when they're happening. Absolutely, they are. Again, it's not a willy nilly. I think I'll change my rep range. No, no, this no.
0: Week. If my um, like if if my twelve week program, I have my calendar here on my on my computer. Mm-hmm. If my if my twelve week program started on let's let's start with next month May yeah let's say my twelve week program started on the second of May, I can tell you right now my first drop in rep ranges will occur on the thirtieth of May. One, two, three, four. My second drop and my final drop will occur on the fourth of June.
1: Yeah,
0: I just picked that out there because looking at the calendar because I know how I structure my own programs. Yeah. Okay. So for me, they're occurring every you know every month every four, four every four to five weeks. Yep. Okay. And that, that, but again, they're planned ahead of time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What was the other part you asked about changing the exercises?
1: When 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 should you change your variation?
0: Well, I'll tell you what. As I said before, minimum three months, minimum. But the thing is, this will depend on the person. Yeah. So if you've got someone who is a beginner at, at structured strength training, progressive strength training, by a beginner, I'm talking like honestly 12 months or less. Yeah, okay. Um, I would be keeping with the same exercises for honestly at least six months. Yeah. At least. Because the first, as I said before, the first three months of an exercise is learning like, how the fuck do I move this without killing myself? Yeah. Yeah. That's before we talk about putting weight on the bar or anything like that. Yeah. And for some people, it could be 12 weeks, right, three months of just working on the quality of the movement. Mm-hmm. And so if you've got someone, right, a, a beginner, mm-hmm. and on their first three-month training block, they can perform a, a barbell squat without weight on the bar, just the bar, a naked bar by itself, but they can perform at full range, like one, high five, because it took me fucking way longer than that, Yes. One high five, secondly, cool, your next 12-week training program is just now to replicate the quality of that movement and gradually increase the weight. Yep. Then maybe after that you might just assess and go, cool, okay, you've, you've gotten stronger and you've gotten better at the quality of the movement with the squat. On your next program, I'm going to ruin your life and make you start with pistol squats Yep. or split squats and be, you know, be a real jackass with that. Or for someone who's a beginner as well, we might start them um, on an assisted movement. So leg day for a complete rookie might actually start with leg press because yep. they can at least then through a supported movement, learn the skill of a progressive training program. Mm-hmm. So they might spend three months or six months on the leg press, just getting better at that. Then it's like, okay, they understand how the progressions work. They understand how the rep ranges work. Cool let's get you out of the leg press and let's see how you got on the squat rack. Yeah. Because at least you understand the fundamentals of strength training that you can now take those skills and apply them to a more complex movement. Movement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So long story short, minimum three months, I'd be recommending at least six for someone who's been strength training for 12 months or less. Honestly, you probably can't spend too long on a given movement. Yeah. Like I have spent... Years on certain movements. Yeah,
1: I was—I was just about to say. I think—I think, I think the, also to follow up to that answer is just literally, don't be afraid to continue doing it. Especially if you look at that exercise and you truly don't think you've mastered it yet, don't feel the need to change it.
0: I'll tell you what. Another thing you could do is record yourself. Mm. Get yourself recorded or record yourself uh, doing certain movements in the gym. And if you've got someone like, say, you've got your own PT or your own coach or you've got a friend who's got far more experience with you with this, review it with them. Yeah. Because it might be like, oh, you know what? We might get you to spend another three months doing this squat just so you can iron out your range of motion. Yeah. You're pulling up short by, you know, three, four, five inches. Let's just iron that kink out yep. For the next for the next 12 weeks and then we'll reassess then.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Um, I would usually err on the side of spending longer than you think because if the worst th- thing to come out of a structured strength program is that you're bored, well, you're doing pretty good because it means you're probably getting stronger, your body's changing mm-hmm. as well, which is a win. So if the con is, oh, I'm bored, but the pro is, mm, I'm looking better, like...
1: Yeah, we'll take that.
0: I think, I think we can live with that,
1: yeah? Yeah.
0: Um, other sort of... Um, Another Next tip, tip. worth saying here, Courtney, is about impatience.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Be patient. Be patient. With this. It can honestly take for some people years,
1: yeah,
0: literally years, to get really good at exercises because there'll be some exercises we gravitate to. Yeah. Like with you, Courtney, what would you say when you first started with me, what would you say were your best exercises that you noticed like,
1: oh, shit, I'm pretty good at this? Uh, a lot of upper body stuff, actually. Mm-hmm. I think for me, I've always been like weirdly strong um, with my upper body.
0: I would agree with that. You do have freakish upper body strength for a female. Yes. So
1: I think a lot of the pressing movements or so a lot of the um, shoulder presses and the, uh, the bench presses, for me, they were a really easy movement. I say easy loosely because it's just my personal experience. You pick up the coordination. Um, the coordination of the bench pressing and the pressing movements was easy for me to get um and i was already had a baseline strength there that i could leverage off i think the the hardest ones for me were the things that involved um the complex movements like your deadlifts and your squats anything involving the hip uh, the hips uh. so like if I, I i had a good muscle in my legs but it was those complex movements that i struggled with so if i jumped on the leg press i could smash it But trying to get me to do a squat, that range of motion and and the posture, I really struggled.
0: Unsupported compound movements that used your hips.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Split squats then too.
1: Yeah, yep. So that that was where I really struggled and it took me a really long time to build those up. I mean, to this day, deadlifts I'm still working on. I'm still working on variations of deadlifts that I can do because it's still I, – I wouldn't say that I've mastered that exercise. And squats too. And squats, yeah. When I when I bring squats back into my program, I would leave them in for at least six months because, yeah. because for me I would use that first three months just to get back into the movement mm-hmm. because yeah. even to this – at this point I've been lifting weights for 10 years almost, it's – For me, that's still a really challenging exercise. Um, So there just is some. Whereas I could take six months off bench press and get back into it in one session.
0: Yeah. We we all have our pet exercises. I know for me, like my pet exercises are things like leg press. Yep. um, Deadlifts. I can just walk in just cold and just rip it it out. No dramas. Where conversely, um, lat pull down and chin ups have been a a bugbear of mine, like literally since day one. Yep. Um, and I've written a good example of this in terms of the, the the need for patience when it comes to to weight training is there's an exercise out there and our clients listening will know this because we get them all to do it I still do it. It's called a stiff legged deadlift. It's a variation yeah. of a barbell deadlift that works more through your hamstrings. It's sometimes really
1: called a Romanian deadlift yeah mm.
0: very good for um, development of the hamstrings and the, and the glutes Yes. I first did this exercise in 2006, right? And I've been doing it consistently and variations thereof. Like I've done it with dumbbells and kettlebells, one-legged, two-legged. But I've been doing forms of this movement since 2006, which is now officially a long-ass time ago. Yes. Not until 2021 did I actually think to myself, fuck, i got this. Finally, I've got this. Yes. Full range, full posture, no bending through my back, no dropping through my shoulders, full retraction there. Top to bottom, I've ironed it out. It only took me whatever that period of time was, what, 15 years. Yes. But the thing is to understand, a lot of progress occurred in those 15 years. My whole life changed in that period of time. I was still just being patient, going back to it, working on it, week in week out, month in year out. Like there's no there's no shame. No. in being patient with this and just sticking with this like in my case I've been doing the same exercises and variations of the same exercises now for like 16, 17, 18 years and I'm still improving at them. Yeah. Still getting better, still getting stronger, still improving my posture. This goes back to what you said earlier Courtney. This is a skill.
1: Mm. Yes.
0: There's a reason it's an Olympic sport.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: You know, so um, there's one more tip down the bottom there, Courtney. You want to uh, you want to give this one?
1: Where? Scroll down the page. I, oh. Oh, yes. Sorry. I was like, no, that's the end. No, nah, we've got a lot of notes for this episode. <laughs> yes, we did. It goes over three pages. Um, block the noise. That was my last tip. Is block the noise. What
0: do you mean by block the noise? So
1: like we spoke about earlier in the podcast, mm. um, you know, the whole, oh, but on Instagram, these influencers, they do work out of the week or, Duh. you know, they, they seem to change things up every time they go to the gym or they do something different. Block that out. You have to block that out or block out the people that say, why are you doing the same thing every time you go to the gym? These are the sort of people that you just can't focus on. If they want to do something different every time they go to the gym, fucking I can be my guest, do whatever you want.
0: Oh, crack on, mate. Like, yeah, I'm not doing it, but yeah, no, go for your life.
1: But just don't get sucked into thinking that you're doing the wrong thing.
0: Mm. You have to be um, really careful and selective of who you listen to, who you let in, who you take advice from. I mean, this is a, almost like a life tip in general, is just be careful who you listen to. Yeah. And another thing I would also add, if you see some fucking influencer online who's in great shape and they're doing this, you know, work out of the week bullshit, that's not what they did to get in that shape, I can assure you. Yes. I can assure you as someone who's trained these people, that's not what they do to get there. No. No. This is why we call this episode The Boring Truth About Successful Training Programs because the actual truth is the shit we do is fucking boring and it's full of repetition, but it works.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's not going to get the more followers, so that's why they put up things Bingo. that are different. Oh, it, but,
0: if, if, I yes. was, if I posted, if I jumped on my own Instagram or our, our weight loss podcast Instagram feed and posted my workouts every week, you'd think this guy's just posting the same fucking videos. Yes. And as I said, the only thing that changes might be my singlet or my pants. Yep. What I do won't change. I'm doing the same shit. Yes. Or variations of the same shit, just getting better at it. Yeah. It's also as well, just before we sign off, Courtney, for me at least, I don't know what you think with this. It helps me mentally mm. to know that like, you know, I don't need to stress about what am I doing this workout? What am I doing this week? Like, what should I do today? Like, no, nah, I know what I'm doing. I can just go in there, here's my plan, get it done. I know how to progress it. I know how to execute it. I know how to work through this and push myself. Get in, get out. There's no stress. No. With that.
1: No. And it, it, does, that, does that help
0: you with like, for me at least, it frees up mental energy? Does oh, that yeah. Sense? It's
1: definitely a time save. I've noticed it before where I might be, say, um, in between programs or, you know, <sighs> I don't know, something's happened. Very rarely it happens, but it, something might happen where I'm not going in for a, a, a structured weight training session. I'm going in just to maybe do some compound movements, some oh, machine movements, I call those, just do some like, high reps. You mean like on a deload week? Yeah, just yeah. deload week. Or, I call those shits
0: and giggle sessions. Yeah. yeah. Or
1: you've got like a weird half week between maybe like a holiday and yeah, your program finishing. So you just a gap. do a, gap. a couple of things and restart later keep, sort of keep thing. Keep active. So... Whenever I have those sort of workouts, man, they take forever, A, because you're trying to think about, oh, fuck, what am I going to do next? You know, I know I a know hundred workout, like, um, exercises that I could do, but for some reason, because it's not written down and structured and you haven't thought about it ahead of time, mm. you still get there and you think, I don't know what to do. like like it's just weird thing and you feel under pressure and then if you get to the gym and it's peak time and then there's people fucking everywhere and oh no i hate it
0: what's available what's being used yeah no i
1: hate it i hate it so I, i remember every time that happens why i don't do that
0: thing is what i really appreciate is that i know when i go into the gym to do these training sessions like all i have to focus on is like i'm going in there to go hard at this yeah. That's where my energy goes is go in there, do my absolute best. Yeah. And then get the hell out.
1: It's also good, I, I find, for time management because I know exactly how my how long my workout's going to take.
0: That's also the perks of experience too, isn't it? Like, you know, like, yeah, my program looks like this. This session should take roughly this long. Yeah. And that's the thing as well with experience. Like, you and I know how much rest we need for every single exercise we do.
1: Yeah, and that comes with time as well. But yep. once, you, once you have, you know, the the time invested into building this skill, those are the sort of benefits you also gain from it. So it's easier to plan your week. It's easier to plan your workouts. It's easier to say, I oh, know I can get gym in because I know that this session, if I don't fuck around, I can get this done in 40 minutes.
0: Yeah, this, yeah. not all sessions are the same. Yeah. Like Leg day will take longer than for us, say, yeah. our shoulders day.
1: Yeah, so yeah. leg day for me generally would take me just over an hour, yes. really. Yep. If I pushed it, could get it down to an hour, but generally it takes me a bit over an hour because – often I need a bit more rest in between each each exercise. Your and leg day is pretty damn hard. Yeah. Um, whereas today's session, for instance, was shoulders, shoulders and arms. So realistically... It's
0: a baby session by comparison to legs.
1: If I didn't fuck around in between, not that I do, but we usually go for a walk, you know, go, go get some steps up, go for a bit of a walk around the gym in between each set.
0: I'll tell you what. Going for a walk between sets is a whole lot better than sitting down staring at your fucking phone. Yeah.
1: But I mean, we do maybe a couple of laps in between each set. Yeah. Now, if I if I knew I had to be somewhere, I probably could get that done in X amount of time. So yeah, that that is also the benefit. Is
0: that X amount of time without compromising your performance? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Cool. I mean if I was gonna compromise my performance, I could easily get that that done in half an hour.
0: Yeah, but then yeah, what's the fucking nah. point?
1: I mean forty minutes I think would be the, the without compromising would be the quickest I personally could get done with a weight training session. Just over an hour, you know, maybe an hour and 20 would be the longest.
0: Yep. Okay. Anything else you want to add to this? Because I reckon we're done.
1: I think we're done. You obviously know that we've got a Facebook group. We say it every week. So if you didn't know, we have a Facebook group.
0: Is it obvious though?
1: It's obvious because it's called the Weight Loss Podcast. No, is it
0: obvious that that our listener knows we have a – Facebook group.
1: Well, if you're starting this season on this episode, I think you've made a mistake and you should probably go back no, to episode one. You've not my... made
0: a mistake. You're listening to us. You've made a great choice.
1: <laughs> Would you not start at the start of the season? I'd have to start at the start of the season.
0: Uh, we're all different.
1: That's my OCD coming That's in, you. obviously. Yes. Yep. Oh, anyway, I... we have a Facebook group.
0: Yes, over on Facebook.com.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, email us podcast at the theweightlosspodcast.com.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'll put um, I'll put all the relevant links for that into the episode description in your podcast app. So hopefully, we have dropped a lot of knowledge bombs. Yes. Here today. Um. In in hindsight, now having done been doing this now for an hour and twelve minutes, Courtney, this may be an episode you may need to listen to more than once. More than once. Um. And you may need to to, to take some notes. Yeah. So, um, kind of sorry, but kind of not sorry. Um. Overall, awesome. I've hope this sort of illustrated like what actual real training programs are. Because the thing is as well with this, I should have mentioned this probably an hour before now, Courtney, <laughs> is that a real good thing to ask people like us is what do we do? Yeah. Because we know what we're doing and we're not going to waste our time on shit, are we? No. So like if, if, if Courtney and I, like if we're going to sit here and say, oh yeah, we change it up every single week, like don't listen to us. We only, do, we only do the stuff that gets the most amount of bang for your buck. Yep. In, the, in the least amount of time possible. Yes.
1: Also, the last episode of this season will be a Q&A. So if, oh. since this was quite a big episode, turned into a lot bigger than we had anticipated, um, if you come out of this and you still have questions or you're confused about anything, make sure you email us a question.
0: Yeah, or when, when we put the call out for um, this season's Q&A on our socials, like Instagram and Facebook, like, hey, drop us yeah. drop us some questions. Yeah, we'll
1: always put a call out for, for your questions Absolutely. and then you can contribute there. So
0: yeah, if you, if you email us at podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com, we will keep your email and archive and answer the question in the Q&A. So, again, hopefully you've got something out of this because holy shit did we speak. Take a deep breath.
1: All right, we're going now.